Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble Podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Samet, here back with our NBA-focused show for another week, running a, uh, another little solo episode for this instalment. Um, certainly looking forward to next week, having Rowan Lee back on board as we get back into our normal routine. But nevertheless, I will fly the flag once again today. Um, big episode in store, guys. As, as I say time and time again, we are hurtling towards the playoffs now. 20, you know, for a lot of these teams, we're looking around the 20 regular game mark. And every game is pivotal at this point. Now, the impacts for standings at the top, the bottom, the middle of each conference is just, it is really tightly contested at the moment. So for, for me as a basketball fan, often as we get into this latter stage of the season, some of these games are almost almost a little bit redundant. But it's a nice feeling this year knowing that every game, so much hinges on it. So a lot to get into today. Before we do so, though, guys, a big shout out to both Stadium Scene and The Cover both those networks doing tremendous things for not only us, but other content creators around the world. Uh, so we certainly appreciate all their continued love and support of what we do here at The Daily Dribble. So what I thought I'd do, just as I mentioned, speaking about how we're in the, the latter part of the season now, I thought I would throw together, I'll, I'll do some odds and ends momentarily, but I thought I would kind of put all 30 teams into a, uh, into a few different tiers, kind of sorting out the, the contenders from the pretenders um, as you probably noticed in the title of this episode. So, yeah, I thought it'd just be a good opportunity. Everything from the Wemby Stakes through to genuine title contenders. I've got a tier to put each of the 30 teams into. So we will get into that very, very shortly, but certainly looking forward to it and looking forward to hearing what you guys thought of my tiers. Let's start, though, with some odds and ends. Real quickly, we'll rattle through these, starting with the news that free agent Michael Carter-Williams is signing a two-year deal with the Orlando Magic. He was with the franchise between 2019 and 2022, played nearly 400 games in the league, averaging 10 points, four and a half rebounds, four and a half assists. At 31 years old, he'll certainly add some much-needed veteran experience to this otherwise really young team, especially since the departure of Terrence Ross to the Suns. They are lacking a little bit of veteran leadership, and I think I think Carter Williams, you know, I, I can't imagine he's going to play a huge amount of game time or contribute too heavily in the box score side of things. But what he will do in terms of development with a lot of these younger players, we look at Bancaro, Fultz, Wagners, Wagners, the plural there. Um, there's a lot of young talent that's still to be nurtured. And, you know, I think he'll be able to aid getting them to the next level. So I think a really handy pickup, nothing ventured, nothing gained, uh, nothing really to lose on doing a move like this. So fair play. Good to see Carter Williams back within the league and a great move for the Magic, I believe. In other news, the Raptors are waving the our our favorite our favorite actor within the NBA, Bo Cruz, Juancho Hernan Gomez. He has been waived from the Raptors, but the Raptors have since filled his spot. Slightly different player, but they've picked up free agent Will Barton. Now I love this move. Uh, I think Will Barton's probably one of the more underrated players within the league. But I think what he'll do for this Raptors team, and I've spoken about it quite extensively. Um, if you're an avid fan of the show, which I hope you all are. Um, I've spoken time and time again about the the Raptors. They really are a five man five man roster. Um, you know, after that starting five, things drop off very quickly in their bench productivity, their bench minutes. So having someone like Barton who can provide a little bit of depth, hopefully get the get the cogs ticking for this second unit, I think will be invaluable, um, especially if they're to continue where they where they're trajectorying trajectorying. Give me a break. I'm on fire. Trajecting. 
Um, in the standings at the moment, they've kind of had a good last couple of weeks, sitting ninth at the moment, 31 and 32 on the season. Um, they're firmly in that playing position at the moment. So if they are to turn some heads and make a little bit more of a run at it, I think having bench depth will be key. And I think Will Barton's a handy, handy pickup for that. Uh, last piece, of, just from that, uh, the Bulls have waived Goran Dragic. Uh, there are multiple teams said to be interested in him. So we'll be sure to keep you guys across all the news as to where Dragic goes. 36 years old. He's in the, uh, he's not in the back nine. He's probably in the last, the last hole heading towards the, uh, towards the club rooms at the minute. Um, but I still think he could provide, again, valuable minutes, backup guard there um, to a potential playoff roster. Again, even even like a Raptors going back there, I think there's there's certainly some merit to that. So we will keep you posted on, on that as well. The Atlanta Hawks, they have signed earlier in the week, they signed Quinn Snyder as head coach on a five-year deal. Uh, he was a former head coach of the Utah Jazz. Hopefully with this now, often you don't see a five-year thrown out straight away. Um, but I hope by giving him this contract, giving him enough time and support, I think he will really be able to build something in Atlanta. Uh, it's been a little bit of a merry-go-round over the last couple of years. So I think hopefully having some stability, having a renowned head coach, a well-respected head coach in Snyder, will certainly be invaluable to them moving forward. Um, again, they're a team sitting the eighth at the moment, a 500 record, probably a little bit lower than where they expected themselves to be, especially with that big acquisition of DeJounte Murray in the offseason. Uh, but, yeah, as I alluded to, hopefully their Snyder can bring a little bit more stability to this franchise and they can continue their their climb up the standings. In less than ideal news, shout out to Lee here, our resident Hornets fan. They're going to be set to be without LaMelo Ball for the remainder of the season after suffering a fracture in his right ankle versus the Pistons the other day. Um, Never like to see anyone get injured, especially a young guy with as much talent as LaMelo Ball has. Yet, you know, in terms of injuries, in terms of teams getting injuries, in terms of the stage at the season and, and where they're at, which I'll, I'll touch on shortly, it's not the worst, as, as bad as I feel saying it, it's not the worst thing to happen. It's going to make their tank for the Wemby stakes even easier. Um, but I, tr- I truly hope, as I said, he is one of the most talented guys within the league in terms of raw, just flamboyant talent. Um, so he's hoping we get to see him fit and healthy next season, hopefully alongside a couple more competent pieces because um, the guy, the guy's a star. So he's, he's hoping for a speedy recovery for LaMelo Ball. Likewise, if you're tuning into this one on YouTube, uh, you'll see myself in the Lakers, Lakers jumper here. Less than ideal news for the Lake show. Um, you know, just when it's horrible, just when it feels like momentum starting to build, you know, with those trades, um, getting D. Russ, Beasley, Mo Bamba, all these other pieces. Things were starting to look up. We're putting some wins on the board, really making a real push for that playing spot. Uh, but it looks set as if LeBron's set to miss extended time after suffering an injury to his right foot in the team to win over the Mavericks earlier in the week. Uh, he went down in the third quarter, managed to finish the game, uh, which was phenomenal, phenomenal win that one. But after going down, he said, I heard something pop. Now, that's concerning to say the least. We haven't heard a timetable for return as of yet, but uh, here's, uh, let's set it up. Here's the question. If LeBron were to hypothetically miss the rest of the regular season, would the Lakers still make the play-in? Let me know. I would love to hear what you guys think on this one. I think it's a real touch and go. Uh, getting the win over OKC yesterday was certainly huge. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes, though. For me, I think 
partly I've got purple and gold glasses on, uh, but I think, yes, they will make the plane. Um, I just think they've got enough talent to be able to keep things afloat, especially if AD steps up. D Russ, hopefully he comes back as soon as possible. Um, it was a really, it's been a really gritty week from the Lakers. Uh, so I, I truly hope LeBron comes back as quickly as possible. But I, I, I hope with my deepest of deepest of wishes that the Lakers can uh, can carry on and push towards playing because I, I truly believe. And I spoke. I jumped on with Marcus from the Barometer Buckets podcast earlier in the week. Um, be sure to check him out, guys. Terrific bloke, doing good things. Did his first ever podcast. Um, so I was thrilled to be a part of that one with him. But we spoke about the Lakers. And, you know, if, if they're in the plane, they're not a team you want to come up against. Uh, you know, two, if, if LeBron and AD are healthy, two top 75 players of all time, a really competent cast around them now, they will be a tough out. So pending they can make the plane, they're going to be dangerous. Just wanted to give a quick shout out as well to Damian Lillard. He put on a Dame masterclass the other night, Monday, Monday that was, um, against the Houston Rockets in a 131 to 114 victory. Lillard dropped 71 points. Absurd, absolute absurdity. He finished with 71 points, six rebounds, six assists, going 13 of 22 from three. And 14 of 14 from the free throw line. Now, I know, you know, the way points are scored now, we don't almost, I guess, place enough emphasis on 55, 60, 65, 70 point games. Um, and I know earlier in the year, Donovan Mitchell, he dropped a 71 point game as well. That one was in OT, though. Dame, this was just an all time showing regular, you know, just regular time, should I say, scoring. Um, some of those threes were just ridiculous. Like and it, it really coincided well with the night prior we put up a reel. Um guys, socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Got been going off this week, been going absolutely off. But I put up a reel um just saying it's Damian Lillard almost a little bit underrated, just living in the era of Steph Curry. Um, you know, he doesn't have the championship, the team success. Is he almost a little bit underdone? Perfect timing for that to go up. The day later he dropped 71 points. So um I tip my hat to tip my hat to myself there. Um, I love it when a plan comes together. But, uh, yeah, just wanted to shout out him. He's doing phenomenal things. And there was almost a little bit of a question during the week I saw, could he potentially make a run for the all-NBA first team? Now, there's certainly merit to it. You'd be looking at, at the moment, the contenders for that one. Steph Curry missed quite a bit of time. Luca probably going to be there. Jar, um, you know, Shea Gilgis-Alexander as well could make a run at it. And probably Dame, they're the five that we're, we're kind of looking at at the moment. Um, but, you know, if you had a couple more performances like this, it's certainly within the realms of possibility. Okay, guys, let's move ahead. The Daily Dribble. So, as I said, dub this one, the contenders and the pretenders, uh, all 30 teams here, going to kind of rattle through. Um, I've, I've got six different tiers, as I mentioned at the top of the show. would love to hear from you guys where I got right, where I got wrong, um, what you would have changed. So the six tiers are as follows. We've got the Wemby Stakes. We have No Man's Land. We've got Building Nicely for the Future. On the outside looking in, Contenders, and then Title Favourites. So they're the six tiers I've got at the moment, just based on how we're looking into the last latter stages of the season. We'll start from the bottom and work up. So the Wemby Stakes. So this is essentially teams that are, are bottoming out. They're not going anywhere. They're happy to, to lose as many games as possible at the moment and hopefully boost their chances of getting a franchise-altering player 
looking at Scoot Henderson, looking at, in particular, Victor Wembenyama, uh, there's a lot of top-tier talent in this draft. With that, as I said, with that potential to create a franchise star to guide them into the next phase of their rebuild or or ascension. So here are the teams I've, I've put in there. I've got the Houston Rockets currently riding an 11-game losing streak, kind of sums up where they're heading at the moment, straight into next season. Uh, so we've got Houston, San Antonio, Detroit, Charlotte, and the Pacers. Now, the Pacers was a tough one. They could have, you know, argued building nicely for the future or something of the kind. At the minute, I think they're probably in almost tank mode. As I said a couple of weeks ago, they've shown enough across the course of the season to be happy with what's building in Indiana there under Rick Carlisle. Um, Halliburton's a star. I love the shooting of Buddy Hill. The rookies they've got coming in. Miles Turner's found another gear. Things are really looking promising there in Indiana. But I think now they'd be probably happy to shut things down a little bit, boost their stocks for next season, and, and see how things play out then. Um, so there are the, uh, the six teams I've got in there. As I said, Detroit, I think they're a team that could really, um, again, cause some problems next season. If they get a healthy Cade Cunningham coming back, um, which is a big what if, a healthy Cade coming back next season alongside potentially a, a Wembenyama or a, or a Scoot Henderson or another one of these young stars coming up in the draft, they're going to be a real, real problem, I think, over not just next year, but over the course of the next couple of years. I would not want to play them. Um, so certainly looking forward to seeing what's building there in Motor City at the moment. Uh, for Charlotte, as I said, you know, with the news of Lamelo going down during the week, you know, it probably wasn't the worst timing. Um, just with the way, you know, it really helps them embrace full tank mode a little bit more. I think it makes that just that whole process a little bit easier. Um, so he's hoping that uh, he's hoping that he's healthy next year as well. Similar to Cade, like their success hinges hinges on this young star being being fit and healthy. Um, so there it is. There's the top, well, the bottom tier, should I say, the Wemby Stakes. We'll move ahead to no man's land. Now, I've got six teams in this one as well. I've got the Toronto Raptors, the Chicago Bulls, the Washington Wizards, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Portland Trailblazers. So this category is kind of based around the premise that these are teams that are, are not good enough to bottom out, or they're too good, should I say, to bottom out. They're probably not good enough to contend at the moment or be a threat. Um, now, there's a multitude of reasons as to why. Injuries, depth, um, you know, cohesion. These are the teams, like a lot of them are, are going to finish within the plane. Most of them are going to finish within the plane pitcher, but I think that's as high as they go. I think with the iterations of their team currently, um, with the exception of maybe the Pelicans, now, they're the one team, if they had a healthy Zion, that could really cause some trouble. But given the track history, given what we've seen thus far, I've, I've opted to put them in this tier as well. Uh, the Blazers, is, again, for as good as Dame is, I just don't think they've probably quite got enough to, to be a threat. Um, the Timberwolves, you know, what happens if Carl Anthony Towns comes back? I'm not sold by what they produce this season. Um, the Bulls, we... We've spoken about them at large quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. I just think they're off the pace. The Wizards aren't going to make enough noise, I don't think, either. Um, as much as I like Bradley Bill, KP, Coos, um, to contend with a lot of these other teams in the East, they're just off the pace. And likewise, the Raptors. As I said, I love the acquisition of Will Barton, but they're just lacking probably enough depth to take them to the next level as well. So that's the no-man's-land category. 
Heading up one rung, we've got the third tier, building nicely for the future. Now, these are teams, again, probably not going to contend or make too many waves this season, but who I think are in a really good position moving forward over the course of the next next year and the next couple of years. Now, again, you could have argued that Detroit would have been in this, the Magic. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces within these tiers. But the teams I've put in are OKC, the Orlando Magic, the Utah Jazz, the Sacramento Kings, and the Brooklyn Nets. All have a lot to like about them. Um, in particular, the Kings this season, they have well and truly surpassed not only mine, but every other NBA pundit's expectations. Uh, what they're doing, currently third in the standings at the moment, only two games back of the Grizz in second. Um, they have really been a revelation, riding a four-game win streak. Again, they're probably just... I think a piece away from really contending, especially with the way the West got better over the trade period. We look namely at the Clippers, the Suns, the Lakers, um, you know, Dallas. They're probably, despite being third, I don't think they're quite in the, uh, the contending tier as of yet, but I like where they're headed as well. You know, a lot of these pieces are quite young. They can be molded. Still just got to work on the defensive side a little bit more. Uh, they've, just, they've just kind of doubled down on the offense side again this year. It's, it's really startling the amount of points they put up. Um, but as I said, you know, a lot of these teams, the abundance of trade assets they have, looking namely at OKC, the Jazz, even Brooklyn to a lesser extent, their war chests are building nicely. And it kind of feels like over the next five to 10 years, the monopoly of the draft kind of rests solely in the hands of a couple of select teams. Uh, so I think, you know, and both those teams, we'll speak to the OKC and Jazz both have young stars at the helm. We look at SGA. We look at Laurie Markinen. They've got competent pieces around them. Um, and with the assets they have, they could really make some moves and, and turn some heads over the next couple of years, as I said. So I think those teams are building nicely for the future. My next tier is on the outside looking in. Now, this is a tier that I kind of thought was teams that could make a run at things. Um, they're certainly not, I don't think, contenders. They're not title favourites. But they're teams that are going to be tough outs. You wouldn't want to face them in a series um, and could potentially kind of almost like a dark horses uh, little little tier, this one. So I've got represent, I've got the Lakers, I've got the Memphis Grizzlies, the New York Knicks, the Miami Heat, and the Atlanta Hawks. I, I reckon I'm getting a lot of people shaking their heads, namely for the Memphis Grizzlies one. Um, currently sitting second in the West, a 38-23 and 23 record, five games back at Denver there, playing some really, really solid ball. Again, I can't help but just kind of not discredit what they've done the last couple of years and this year in particular. But again, just speaking the way the West, the way the landscape is, the way these teams have got better, I just I think they're more a regular season team. Because they're so young, there's not a lot of load management, things of the kind. Um I think they're built to, to get wins in the regular season. In a playoff series, um, I, I can see myself eating words here, but I'm just not quite sold on the Grizzlies as of yet. Would love to hear from you guys, though. Do you think the Grizz will be in contention this year? Or are they still maybe another year or two away from actually making some waves? Um, they're a real fascinating little uh, little complex at the moment, so I'm certainly keen to see what they can do with Jard, Desmond Bain, um, there's Jaron Jackson Jr. who's been phenomenal as well. Uh, I'm really, really keen to see what they can achieve. 
all these teams, as I said, just rattling off the other ones again, the Lakers, the Knicks, the Heat, the Hawks, they've all got enough to like about them, but probably not enough to actually be really confident. And and the big thing for the Lakers is that health of LeBron at the moment and making the play-in. Uh, that's a huge caveat on their on their success. They fail to make the play, and then that's all null and void, isn't it? So um, every game's a must-win for them at this stage. The Knicks have looked really, really good as of late, uh, putting wins on the board up to fifth, riding a seven-game winning streak, which is just fantastic. Um, you know, playing Julius Randle is looking back to his absolute devastating best. Having Jalen Brunson there, uh, he's just fitted in seamlessly with this squad. I, I really like where they're headed. Again, probably not a team that I think is going to be able to probably match it up with Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, in that Eastern Conference, but uh, really, really solid signs there in the Big Apple. Go ahead to my second last tier, the Contenders tier. I've got the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Philadelphia 76ers, the LA Clippers, the Golden State Warriors, and the Dallas Mavericks. Now, this is these are teams I think it can make a genuine run at things. Uh, in particular, the Warriors, you know, for the way their season's gone, They've got themselves up to fifth now. Three-game win streak, 32 and 30 on the season. Steph Curry looking at returning over the course of the next couple of days, which will certainly boost boost where they're headed. Um, only a game and a half back of the Suns for that fourth seed. You know, they are the reigning champs. Whatever happens, you cannot discredit them. They are, they've been the team of the decade. Um, I... Again, another team like the Lakers, but probably even to a, a larger extent, not a team I would want to face in a playoff series. They've all been there enough. They know what to do. They know what winning's all about. Um, and if, if they've got their talisman there in Curry coming back, alongside Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, when he's fit and healthy, Draymond Green, it's really worrying signs. And I think they're almost been, again, a little bit disrespected the way they're, they're not being mentioned at all in title conversation. Um, again, largely due to they were kind of in the playing pitch for a, a long while there, but they're getting wins on the board and they're really steadily making their way up the standings, which is which is great to see. Billy, um, the big what if question, aren't they? I have put way too many eggs in their basket over the course of the last couple of years. I don't want to get too excited about them yet. Um, one night they're they're very hit and miss. So they went down to the the heat the other night uh, with the Jimmy Butler circus shot. They then came out yesterday and absolutely blasted them in the return leg of that matchup. So they're kind of a, a real Jekyll and Hyde at the moment, the, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. I wouldn't, hence I didn't put them in my title favourites tier. Um, they're just a little bit still off the pace, I think, with with the Bucks, with the Celtics. Um, but they're certainly knocking knocking on the door in the Eastern Conference, I think, and would not be surprised to see them uh, make a bit of a charge at it. My title favourites, these are the four teams I think have a genuine stake to being to, to winning the title. Uh, they are the Denver Nuggets, the Phoenix Suns, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Boston Celtics. Four teams, two from each conference. Um, Denver, again, are just, just rattling through the league at the minute. 44 and 19 on the season. Um, looking devastating with Porter Jr., Jamal Murray coming back, accompanying Nikola Jokic there, the back-to-back MVP, potentially back-to-back-to-back MVP very soon. Um, Aaron Gordon, I think, is playing some great great ball. KCP, Reggie Jackson, they've got shooters there. Um, 
I really like where they're at. And when you've got a, a guy who's as dominant as Jokic, it's really going to cause some matchup problems. For Phoenix, the acquisition of KD, it just speaks for itself. Um, they're they're top-line top talent. Uh, we finally got to see KD yesterday suit up in their win over the Charlotte Hornets. He looked fantastic alongside Booker, Aiton, Chris Paul. Uh, they're they're going to be a, a horrible, horrible team to face, um, especially in a game down the clutch. If you've got three guys who can make your bucket in the, in the dying stages of a game, um, systematically for other teams, it makes it really, really difficult. Transitioning out east, uh, the Celtics, their depth, phenomenal. Brogdon, potential sixth man of the year candidate, backing it up alongside the starters in Brown, Tatum, Smart, um, you know, again, the big big concern for them is health. Can we keep you know the older legs of our Horford healthy? Rob Williams on the floor. Um, that's going to be imperative to their success. But just it's kind of steady as she goes at the moment for them. Um, really looking fantastic. Just kind of, they they're not. Uh, it doesn't look like they're pushing too hard at the moment. They're forty five and eighteen, half a game back of the Bucks there. Um, Transitioning to the Bucks though, they are 45 and 17, a league leading record, riding a 16 game win streak. It's just uh, it's mind blowing how good this team is, without almost probably getting the respect they deserve. As I said, 45 17, Giannis playing phenomenal ball. Chris Middleton, uh, the Chris Middleton experience, the Ferris wheel goes up, it goes down, it gets stuck at one stage or another. Um, he, he's looked good in parts. He's also struggled in parts but I quite like the way they're bringing him off the bench and able to cook with that second unit. Drew Holiday, he's making a run at All-NBA selection, um, suited up in the All-Star game. What a fantastic season he's having. When Giannis has missed time, when Middleton's missed time, he's showing it on both ends of the floor, probably more so than we've seen in recent years. Like He's, also, he's always had that defensive acumen, but on the offensive end, his ability to knock down big shots at pivotal times um, is a huge reason as to why they lead the league record-wise at the moment. So, fair play to the Bucks. Seventeen game, sixteen game win streak, should I say? Fantastic stuff, guys. Just to recap that, as I said, I had six tiers, starting at the Wemby Stakes, consisting of San Antonio, Detroit, Charlotte, the Pacers, and Houston. Moving up, we had No Man's Land, consisting of the Raptors, Bulls, Wizards, Timberwolves. Pelicans and Blazers. Going up the next run, we had building nicely for the future was OKC, Orlando, the Utah Jazz, Sacramento, and Brooklyn. On the outside looking in, the Lakers, Grizzlies, Knicks, Heat, and Hawks. Up to title contenders, which were the Cleveland Cavaliers, Philly, LA Clippers, the Warriors, and Dallas. Rounding it out with our title favorites, Denver, Phoenix, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Boston Celtics. Guys, there you have it. There's all 30 teams, 15 from the East, 15 from the West, placed into tiers, I think, where they're headed for the remainder of the season. Uh, had a lot of fun doing that. I certainly did a lot of chopping and changing of my of my rankings over the last couple of days. So I would love for you to hit me up on the socials. Let me know what you think, where I got it right, where I got it wrong, what you would have changed. Um, again, as I've said the last couple of weeks, you guys have really been pounding the socials. That's awesome. I love it. Love talking ball with anyone and everyone. So keep it coming, guys. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to the show, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you're watching this one on YouTube, 
certainly appreciate. We had a couple of de- technical difficulties with the video today, um, but certainly appreciate all the continued support there. I'll be back. I'm looking at recording. Um, well, it'll be Monday. Uh, for the NBL finals, we've got game one tipping off tonight between the Sydney Kings and the New Zealand Breakers. Game two will be on Sunday afternoon. Uh, so certainly certainly looking forward to recording and recapping the first uh, all the action from the first two games of the series there, guys. So a lot to look forward to. As I said at the top of the show, looking forward to having Rowan Lee back next week, the band back together, big episode. The energy will be high. Um, so I hope you guys can join us in. Till next week, though, guys, have a fantastic week. Enjoy ball. Enjoy all these pivotal games. I can't wait to talk to you soon. Bye.